This is Julian Ortiz, and you're listening to The Big O Podcast. Today on The Big O Podcast, I am joined by NFL agent, business manager, and the CEO and founder of Loyalty Above All, Zach Hiller. Zach, how are you doing today? Doing great. So thank you for having me. It's a it's a pleasure. I'm pretty excited. So I appreciate you being here. It's not so uh, you know common that you're able to connect with such a prominent NFL agent. So I appreciate you you know allowing me the opportunity to pick your brain about a few things today. No problem. No problem. I, uh, just a regular guy, honestly. <laughs> now you've had quite the year in 2020, so we're going to talk about you being just like a regular guy. You helped negotiate Dalvin Cook running back for the Minnesota Vikings, new five-year contract extension worth about 63 million dollars, and were recently named in Forbes 2021 30 under 30 in sports. What does that mean for you to be recognized for your hard work at such a young age? Uh, I mean, just be recognized. I think it just tells you that I'm surrounded by some really great people. I, I mean, I just, I do what I do and uh, I'm lucky to be in a position that a couple of great football players believe in me just the same way that uh, I believe in them on the, and what they do. And that's it, you know, just, just happy to be working with great people and just have the opportunity. Now, if we were to talk to some of your clientele, like uh, JK Dobbins or Dalvin Cook or even Bob Menery, are they going to say that you you are just an average guy, as you so eloquently put? Yeah, I mean, I think they would say the same thing. You know, it's just, it's just Zach, like he's just a. I, I think that uh, the best quality of an agent or a manager, or anything, or it would just be be real, be transparent, and be honest. And uh, I think I have those qualities. I think most guys do or most people do just being a good person you know just being able to kind of look at them and just give it to them real that's what they all want fair enough i mean we always hear horror stories in the media when it comes to contract negotiations sometimes and you have examples like a, a scott boris that maybe has a certain persona when it comes to being you know an agent so maybe that's where sometimes we get lost in thinking that everyone is like that and not everyone is as we're going to talk about today um, but before we sort of dive into things, I have a quick game, if you will indulge me. Um, I want to give you three names, and I want you to tell me what those three names have in common with you. Okay, go. Are you ready? Yeah, yeah. All right, so Daniel Carter Beard, uh, founder of Boy Scouts of America, uh, Keith, Keith Bullock, former NFL Pro Bowl linebacker, and Ryan Grant, former NFL running back. What do those names have in common for me? Yeah. What are what are what is the connection to you? You have to dive deep on this one. I have no idea. <laughs> you're all from Suffer, New York. So you're all from they're all from the same place. Really? Yeah, yeah. So listen, we're do, I do I did some research here to see if we could figure it out. Oh, no, that's I respect it. The the only person that I like know of from Suffer, and I'm blanking on his name right now, but baseball uh, Walt Walt Weiss. He was also on there. I tried to pick some names that I thought maybe were familiar outside of. Well, that's his name, right? Walt Weiss. Is that it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He was a former major leaguer. All right. So growing up as a kid in New York, sports were obviously important to you. You were an athlete. And when you're playing sports, the dream is always to be the professional athlete. What was your sport of choice? And what was your dream scenario? Was it the buzzer beater at the end of game seven, the OT winner? Yeah. I played ice hockey. So and like in my town, ice hockey is the biggest sport. So it worked. It worked out well for me, and 
the sense where like I it was basically like playing at a division one school. It was crazy. Every Friday night, thousands of people lining up to like come to your hockey games and stuff. So it was a it was definitely a good time. Like I guess I wanted to be a pro hockey player, I think. <laughs> I guess they didn't work out like that, but I had some offers, turned them down and just wanted to go study instead. So Wow. I mean, that's not something that your average person is is, is going to do. Is going to turn down offers to study. But listen, it's paid off, right? And we're gonna we're gonna get into that now. Um, we talked about you being named to Forbes 30 Under 30, and it's not for you know no reason. You started your first business when you were in college. Where did you get the idea for a nightlife and event planning company? Uh, so basically, what happened was is uh, I'm from like 30 minutes outside the city, and like I never ever really went to the city or whatever, and like. Um, when I went to college at Michigan, I uh, started, obviously I was in a fraternity and then everybody uh, goes out and parties and stuff. And um, our freshman year, when we got home, there was like a Thanksgiving Eve party and it was at this club that, uh, and I like, I don't know, maybe I thought I was too cool or whatever. I didn't want to go or anything like that, but everyone's like, no, you have to come. You have to go. Everyone's going, everyone's going, whatever. So we go and we get there and there's like a two hour line. So I'm bugging out. Like there's nothing that could possibly be inside this place. That's like worth two hours of my life. Like I'm waiting in line. Like I just can't be, but I mean, I'm, I'm young. I'm a freshman. Like I'm listening to my friends. Like, just wait, just wait, just come with us. Just come with us. Come with us. I'm like, all right, fine. So we wait the two hours and we get to the front. And then not only did I wait the two hours like, to see what's inside, it's $50 to get in. And I'm like, are you kidding? Jeez. Not only did I wait, now you're making me pay. So um, basically I realized that, whoever was running this operation wasn't doing it correctly because I saw other people on this line that like should have been inside based on the sense that like from a business perspective would have been better for their business. You know, like marketing wise, you should have certain people in the club. Like you're going to bring on certain people on your podcast because they have big platforms. Right. So like when it comes to a club, you might want to know who the people are that have money to spend. So like the next like day I happened to talk to somebody that knew like the club owner and I was like, yo, listen, like, I don't know what you guys did this night in numbers, but like, I'm never going through that experience again. If you let me run this party, you'll make more money. And next thing you know, I was at the front of the line, like picking out who could come in and multiplied the amount of money the club was making. And then from there it was like, yo, we're just going to listen to Zach and where everybody else, wherever we want to go. And that was it. And then um, what happened was, is uh, Facebook was like huge when I was in college Um and uh, I just recognize that, uh, like promoter, right? Like that's what when you when I say promoter, what do you think? You think positively or negatively? Uh, probably more on the negative side, based on my experience. Hundred percent, right? So like, I was never really like a promoter. I kind of looked at it more as like a entrepreneur, and I didn't want to be a promoter. I didn't want to be like popping bottles and like, yo, I can get you like, that wasn't me, you know, that wasn't my vibe. Like, right. In order to hang out in New York city, not coming from, uh, obviously an upper class family. Like I had to figure it out. So I recognize that birthdays, obviously everybody has one and on your birthday, everybody, uh, wants to hang out with you. Right. So a promoter gets a table and free alcohol. Right. right. So I just kind of went on Facebook and saw that it told me everyone's birthdays and I would just send messages all day. Wow. And like, hey, I saw your birthday's coming up. Why don't you have your birthday here? And then that person didn't realize that all they were doing was becoming a promoter for the night. You, you, you know what I'm saying? Right. And then they would send out messages. And next thing you know, I could, you know, there's 
hundred, there's millions of people having birthdays every day. But if I can find five people having a birthday on the same Friday and just put them at different spots and just collect checks, like that was it. Jeez. So you, you had the mind of a business person and an entrepreneur from like a young age then, because I don't know very many college people or kids really, because that's, you know, how we old we are when we're in college thinking with such a strong business mind. So at what point did it turn into, you know, you wanting to go into expanding this and eventually using this platform to help pay for your school when you went to Michigan? Uh, no, it was just like, it just worked out like that. You know, like I, I had a full scholarship offer to a small school in Maryland and just wasn't the right vibe for me. And when I went to Michigan, I was like, you know what, I'll figure this out. Like I'm, I'm a, I'm a big figured out guy. Like Google is like the most valuable company ever because what does it do for you? It figures it out, right? If you don't know something, you know Google right. and they'll figure it out. Like they have the answer for you. So like I kind of just figure things out and that's how I approached college with like, I'll figure this out. And I guess I just did. Like I just, you know, and nightlife was a easy, like it just came easily to me, like bringing people together and telling them kind of what to do and showing them what to do. And then spring break was part of it. It just, I don't know. It just, to me, it just made sense. And then at the same time, like if I have to do something and somebody else is going to like organize it and get it quote unquote taken care of, I'd rather just put that time in myself, you know, cause then I know it gets done right as well. And that's kind of how I just looked at everything. Wow. And so how do you flip being this organizer of like nightlife and running corporate events for like fortune 500 companies and birthday parties to wanting to get into being a sports. Agent. So there's a agent that actually lived in my town and, uh, he had met my dad from like me playing hockey and, and they became like friends. And then he heard about what I was doing in the city and he thought it'd be valuable for his clients when they came into New York. So he asked my dad, like, do you think Zach would want to like intern and everything? So obviously I'd seen Jerry Maguire or whatever and like read about it. So <laughs> the sports agent thing was like cool. So I was like, all right, yeah, I'll talk to him. And we, uh, I don't know. He just, I was a right fit, I guess. Like you said, I guess my mind just, was thinking differently at that age. And that was it. It was like, once I got introduced to it and I realized like, this is what I want to do. You know, I could basically run the business side of a professional athlete, which is my door into the professional sports world. And I just fell in love with it and was like, I'm going to run with this. And then that was it. I mean, the storyline gets better and better as we go. So you go from receiving offers to play sports, turning it down to go to Michigan having a terrible club experience and turning it into a business opportunity, changing that and bridging that over to, you know, interning and being a sports agent to then having your first personal client be Dalvin cook because of a cold call. How does that happen? Uh, I mean, I think it just, things happen for a reason. You connect with certain people and we just connected off of that first call slash meeting. And that was it, you know? And I, I, I think that, the NFL, I think everything's timing, right? And the NFL business, the NFL business changed in 2011. And I noticed it first, like, I'm, I'm going to sit here and say I was the first person to notice it. In 2011, the NFL Players Association, uh, they, there was a new collective bargain agreement. Um, and the, this is when the league literally just took the NFL from the players. But that's a whole other topic that I'm, I don't need to get all the way into. But they slotted the contracts, which basically means is that if you get drafted first overall, it doesn't matter who's your agent. There's no negotiation. There's a dollar amount associated with that pick, just like there is for two, three, four, five, and so on. So the whole like agent or whatever you think about an agent or what they do, which 
it's not even the agent word doesn't even apply to the NFL. The NFL Player Association, we're certified as contract advisors. So our jobs and the way we are compensated are on contracts. Right. And you negotiate the contract as a contract advisor. But majority of agents are not very bright people. And players were the people who were getting screwed. So the players association was like, let's just get rid of this where the player signs with said agent for whatever reason. And this agent doesn't know what he's doing. So these billionaire owners who are the smartest people in the world, who have the smartest people working for them, just take advantage of our players. Let's get rid of that. So these guys come into the league and we don't start off on a bad foot. Let's just have it that they get drafted and they get X for getting drafted. Congratulations. So once that happened, it doesn't matter if you've ever negotiated a rookie contract in your life. You don't even need to hire an agent. Like you can do it yourself. It's an algebraic formula. I'm happy to teach it to anybody that wants to teach it. I have no problem because you're not my competition. Nobody's my competition. Myself is my competition. Like all going to be relationships. So once I noticed that in 2011, I kind of brought it up to the place that I was at. And um, I just kind of started thinking everything through and things didn't work out over there. So when I, met with Dalvin and we just connected. I just, I was just real. And I was like, listen, here's how this works. And I sat down and I showed him. And if you go here, we're going to do this algebraic formula on this piece of paper. You keep it. This is yours. You have it. So if you never talk to me ever again, you don't got to talk to anybody. You can do your own contract. Let everybody else. I don't, you do it yourself. Like if you're not going to hire me, just don't deal with anybody. And that was, you know, it kind of, they set this, set it up for the fact that, NFL players today that are getting drafted without that negotiation right off rip, they just need somebody that they trust and is going to take care of them and service them and maintain them to get to that next contract. So, and that's strictly trust. And we just built trust off that and just connecting and relationship. And that was it. And they don't talk, they don't call it the not for long league, you know, for a reason, right? I mean, it's, you know, 2010, as as you talk about in 2011, the changes. But in 2010, Sam Bradford signs the largest rookie deal. And he has, you know, an injury-plagued mm-hmm. time in, in St. Louis uh, with the Rams. And it becomes this whole thing. And, and football really moves towards what baseball does, right? Baseball has sort of a slotted allotment of money when it comes to their draft picks where, you know, they can actually say, hey, we're going to offer you X amount of dollars for this, you know, are you going to go back to college? Are you going to sign with us? Are you going to try to go in the draft next year? So they kind of, you know, go back and forth. Now, the major difference between baseball and football and hockey and basketball is the NFL doesn't have guaranteed contracts. Um, I mean, obviously, with the single exception of what um, uh, Kirk Cousins signed with his three-year deal with Minnesota, which he's already restructured. Where do you see contracts going in the future? Obviously, 2011 was a major tipping point where the NFL really took the reins. Do you ever see players having the opportunity to take back some of what was yeah, taken 100%. from them? When, when I sign the right player that has that leverage, 100%. But until someone like myself signs that player, probably not. Why? Because this industry likes the way things are. They like it. Like You got a big, a big agencies that are representing – tons of players and they have just friendly relationships with all the teams and everything's good. They're making tons of money. Players are going broke. They don't care. It's on to the next guy. You know, we got this whole perfect system set up with college where, Hey, I'll represent the coach. The coach will scare the player about agents when he gets in. And then when it's time to make the biggest decision of his life, he doesn't trust anybody but me. So I'll just put him onto my agency and then they'll put him through the ringer. And like, we're not going to gamble all of our relationships on one player to change everything. 
and it doesn't often happen that a quarterback hits free agency because of the way that the NFL is set up with franchise. Tons of things have to go right. And until somebody, still some player that just gets all those things right and also has an agent that truly has their best interest, things won't change. But ultimately, if I can find that player, then we'll make changes, you know? So we'll see where it goes. Fair enough. I mean, you talked about an important thing that is changing with the NCAA. And when we're talking, we're talking just about like football, for instance, with players now being able to get compensated for their likeness. In California, they, they've passed the first, I think. It's I know it's a, been passed, but what does it look like? What does it mean? Like it doesn't, it's until it's clearly established. Like I don't understand like how it works because it's, I mean, it should have been going on for a while, I don't, but I don't really want to get into because it's an interesting topic. It's a whole another topic. Yeah, no, fair enough. And uh, But it's interesting to see, you know, what changes, if that changes things where we can get away from what you just talked about. And I think it's it's going to change things, but it's also going to make the industry even more inclusive, I would say, because once these kids can make money come in college, it's just going to take even more finances to, to quote unquote, represent or sign a player because they're going to be so used right. to finances from such a young age that it's just going to happen like that, you know? Fair enough. And so you sign Dalvin, and he erupts for a massive Orange Bowl. 225 rushing yards, four TDs. The Orange Bowl, but yes. Oh, there you go. Sign him after the Orange Bowl. That's right. Gets drafted in 2017 in the second round by the Minnesota Vikings. Immediately makes an impact by setting the rookie rushing record for a debut for Minnesota. And then in week four, tears his ACL. Obviously, your your personal feelings as you know he's become not just a, a player but a friend, and you want him to be healthy as soon as possible. But as his agent, what's going through your mind at that time? Just the same thing you just said, like just making sure he's good, like he's going to be okay. Making sure that we get him with the best surgeon, the best rehab plan, and that he knows that it's just a bump in the road. You know, it's like a bump in the road. You play football; injuries are part of the game. It happens. You're still you. You're going to get back to being you. And that was it. Like, that was the only thing that's going through my mind. We're just, listen, he's going to be Dalvin and he's going to be healthy and he's going to get to where he has to be. And I'm going to do everything that I need to do to make sure that I can help him in that process. And that's exactly what happened. So I, I don't know. You can look at it as like he got a break for a little bit. You know, he didn't take those hits on his body. Yeah, that, that was a tough rehab process and uh, tough surgery. But his upper body and he didn't take any hits. So hopefully it added a couple of years to his career, you know? And so now you're going into, you know, his rookie contract ending mm -hmm. and you're going into negotiations with the Minnesota Vikings for his second contract. What was the process like trying to hammer out that deal, especially when you are not wanting him to hold out and he wants a new contract that he deserves and then rumors start playing out in the media. How did that affect you as his agent moving forward? It didn't, didn't really affect me at all. It was just we knew that what was supposed to happen was going to happen, and that was the Vikings were going to take care of Dalvin and make him the face of their franchise and reward him with the contract that he deserved to be rewarded with. It's just like any negotiation, any business, you just have to go through uh, and see where everybody's head's at and – that was it. You know, I just, we, we knew it was ultimately going to get done. We knew how important Dalvin was to the Vikings and they knew how important he was as well. The NFL is set up in the NFL's favor, not in the player's favor. So you got to get through that too. And that, that, that was it. And, you know, just making the deal happen and everybody leaving happy was, was my, well, making sure Dalvin was happy was my number one priority and it was just worked out that way. So. Yeah, I mean, you've taken Dalvin to the next level. Obviously, he signs his new contract in the offseason. He now starts to get his own logo and branding. 
you know, what is that like when you're not just looking at the NFL product, but you're looking to get him the best endorsement, the best uh, next step in his career, not just focusing on football? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that when it comes to the marketing and everything, when it comes to just any football player, not 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 Dalvin, the person that's going to market them the best is the person that knows them the best because then they're going to know what they truly like and what they truly believe in and what makes them tick. And those are the best marketing deals because – then they're not selling anything. They're truly just speaking on a product or a company that they believe in. And when it's real, you can tell that it's real. So with Dalvin, it's just worked out that his last name was cook. He loves cooking the chef. And then he got drafted to the Vikings and the logo. I just looked at the logo and it was like cooking. Let's make this look like a cook head. And it just fit. It worked. It worked out really well. And, we just kind of run with it and, and, and he's done a great job with uh, being in the community and uh, went on Rachel Ray and really moving with that uh, cooking, cooking uh, image. And now we're really going to get into more of the whole, like you're saying, marketing of, uh, of him off the field now that he has his contract. And now that we know he's going to be in Minnesota for ultimately, hopefully six years, we're going to get into really marketing him now. And with social media, I'm sure it plays a big factor because now players are so much more accessible, whether it's Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, whatever it is, they're way more accessible to fans, which means that way more easier to market them to a broader audience than maybe 15 years ago. Um, you know, what would you like to see with the people that players and, and people that you represent when it comes to exposing them the right way through things like social media or YouTube and building their individual uh, brands. I mean, I just like to make sure that they, uh, they're obviously you're doing the right things in the community. I think that's the most important is just building a bond with the, with the community that you're playing in and also the community that you come from. Um, just make sure you give back there. I, I think giving back is, and making people that are just supporting you on, on, on a day-to-day -day basis, whether that's like Minneapolis and Minnesota or Miami, just making sure that you give back and they that they feel that you're, you're you you never forgot about them you're taken care of making sure that they remember that they supported you too and i think that'll really build your brand the best is just always giving back and uh being in the community so now i'm glad you said that because not only are you representing athletes but you're also representing uh I would want to say people who are famous on social media or influencers. I don't really know where to put this next person's name, what box to put it into. But obviously, I'm talking about Bob Menery. And I love me some Bob. Bob is one of the uh, funniest people on social media, just in general. But to go to what you just talked about when it comes to marketing, you're talking about giving back to his community. Bob Menery, while a wild man on social media, incredible with his craft and what he does, through COVID-19, was giving away, you know, funds to people who needed it, first responders, essential workers. You know, what was that like to see Bob do that? Because sometimes people see Bob with his persona on social media and don't really understand that he is a great guy who does a lot for the community that, that follows him. Yeah, I think it definitely shows Bob's maturity as a influencer and entertainer and just as a person in general. And uh, I think, like you said, that's really Bob, you know, like he, I think everybody has to do what they have to do to cultivate a fan base and an audience, but ultimately there can be completely different people. And I think Bob did what he had to do to cultivate a fan base and an audience. And um, he's always been that person, 
And he just, that's just Bob, you know, that's the Bob I know. He loves giving back. He loves helping people. Is he uh, a character on Instagram? Yes. Is he hilarious? Yes. And that's just him. But ultimately when it comes, push comes to the shove, he's a good person. And yeah, I, I try to surround myself with good people. And I think it goes back to just being, being lucky to have good people that believe in me. And Bob's one of them. And, and uh, he's definitely um, doing uh, everything he can to be just do right uh, in the, he's, yeah, not only was he giving away money on, uh, on, uh, on Instagram live, but he was also, um, he did the all in challenge. That's right. With Michael Rubin. Yeah. Now. Okay. I mentioned off the top, you're the founder and CEO of loyalty above all. Yes. Why was this name most important for you when naming your company? I think it's just what has gotten me to whatever point I'm at in my life is just being loyal to people and, and being real and, and, and honest and, I'm as loyal as they come as, and I mean, that's just what it comes down to. I'm loyal. If you show loyal to me, I'm loyal to you. Always try to do right by everybody. You burn me or you cross me, you're out. But otherwise I'm loyal as they come. So it just came to me, you know, I never really uh, branded or, or thought about marketing anything until I knew it was real. Just like I said, with the players, like the guys that I work with, uh, I'm the best for them when it comes to marketing. Cause I get to know them and marketing is finding what's real. That's those, that's the best marketing opportunity. So until I knew what I wanted to kind of be my legacy and brand that I would feel comfortable promoting 24 seven and explain to people why it's important to me and why it should be important to them. I had to let it come to me. And then loyalty is the most important thing to me. And then loyalty above all was everything. And then just like me being me, I mean, I'll take a tiny shot. I, I think CAA creative artist agency is kind of not the greatest name. Like I'm a football player. Like, I don't know. I think loyalty is more important than being a creative artist. So LA right. made sense for me. Well, CAA in Canada, where, where I am right now, that's it's your triple A. So it's a, it's a car assistance uh, program here. So yeah, so maybe not the best thing when marketing to Canadian athletes either. Yeah, so, exactly. I just think that loyalty is most important to me and to the people that I'm working with. And uh, Bob's actually calling me right now. We're going to take a quick break while Zach handles some business with Bob Mennery. That was, that was great. And so I, I, I want to take this opportunity now, Zach, yep. based on Bob Mennery interrupting our podcast. Is there a, a, a story that you can share about Mr. Bob Mennery as to, you know, either how you guys met or just like a funny story of your relationship with. Uh, funny story of my relationship with Bob that I can share. I met Bob because um, I had just signed Alvin and Bob had gone viral. And I'm a firm believer in, like I said, being loyal and being a good person and opportunities will come your way. And, and you got to be patient and just do right by people. And sooner or later, it'll all work out for you. So, uh, Bob, someone introduced someone that I knew from college that I'd, I'd come to a bunch of my parties, always took care of and had a great time with. They, they, uh, somehow connected with Bob as soon as he went viral and like hit him up on Instagram and was like, just Adam, like nothing to do with me, but like, was like, you should come to a, uh, a Celtics game. And Bob actually showed up at the Celtics game with them and like they were hanging out and like they kind of were just like, yo, like we feel like you should, you need a manager and 
they just dropped my name to him. And he was like, they were like, yo, tell him to hit me up. So I DM'd him and he hit me right back because I guess he was there. And uh, Bob flew to New York. We hung out and uh, we connected right away. But Bob was like, I need manager 24 seven. You're coming with me everywhere I go, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, okay, I mean, hold on. I already committed myself to, I already signed Dalvin. Dalvin just got drafted. Like this is like two weeks into the season. I'm like, I can't just all of a sudden move in with you and just forget, you know, like how can we make this work? But I was like, you know, these are some of the ideas that I would do if I were you, Bob. And he liked a lot of the ideas and he ran with them. I never ever came to him and was like, yo, you took my, like, no, it wasn't about that. You know, I just gave him those because like build a relationship with him. You know, like I said, I, I listen right now, what you're looking for is not, I'm not that at this point, but like, let's keep in touch. I know you're going to work out. So we just kept in touch and he did what he had to do, which was some of my ideas and his account skyrocketed and he's a good person and I'm a good person. And uh, it all came full circle. That, that's, that's really, I guess the, the best story I would say of me and Bob just all came for full circle at the right time. Dalvin's contract's done. JK's in, in Baltimore. Um, I have Jonathan Garvin's with the Packers. I have a, a few other guys that are a, a practice squad and getting tryouts, but I definitely have more time I'd say to focus on Bob. So it just worked out great that right now is where he's taking that next step to be more mainstream and more insulated with major corporate partners and being able to help him with that is just unbelievable. So um, that's really, I guess the only story I would say, because he's not always just cracking jokes and like, you know, he's still just, he's just Bob, like he's a good dude. Listen, he's got the Buffalo Wild Wings and points bet. I mean, he's obviously doing something right. And the Ripper Magoo podcast, incredible. Um, and then, you know, obviously Zapped, we sort of took things on a little bit more on his own. Still just as great with, you know, with Scotty and then bringing Aaron back. And I love Bob. Bob is the closest thing I think we have to the Truman Show. Um, because, like, he just, he's always out there. Um, yeah, he's a good person. He's a really good dude. Yeah, listen, Bob. Answer my DMs, okay? Zach can verify. I'm a decent dude. I'll talk to him. Let's make it happen. But listen, um, the last thing I want to ask you about, because I know you do have a very important dinner that you need to get to. Um, you've mentioned that your dream mentor would be Mark Cuban. If you had five minutes with him, what would you be looking to get out of him? I wouldn't be looking to get out of him. I know that's just the way you said it. Like, no, I would just talk to him and just say, I respect you. You know, I respect what you've done. I respect what you've built. I respect your your hard work and just hear him out feel his energy you know there's nothing i really want to ask him or talk to him about just feel his energy feel try to figure out like okay what is this guy done or what is he doing right now while we're having this conversation that makes me feel some type of way and then try to take that and just apply it elsewhere so not necessarily anything other than that so so less less personal advice and more like energy now, what is it about that Mark that you sort of like have looked up to as a mentor? Like, what has he done in his practices that you're like, you know, this is a guy who has either thinks the same way or has done things that I would like to do? Uh, I mean, he's a, he's, he's a billionaire, first off. So right off that, you got to respect it. But he was a party promoter in college and he, he ran with it. He was like, I don't care. Like you guys, like, which was my attitude too. Like, like, okay, call me a party promoter. I don't care. You're still the one waiting online at my party, you know? But, like, I don't know if he was doing the whole bottle thing. I wasn't into the whole bottle thing. But, like, same attitude. It was like, you know what? Like, ultimately, 
you can say all you want, but you're still coming into my party and spending money that's going in my pocket. So whatever you want to say. So like that attitude right off rip and him getting through school and then whatever else he did. And then just being a personal guy, like, you know, those are the type of people that I want to surround myself with or at least learn from or talk to and just feel their energy and understand like, okay, like something about him got him to this level. What am I missing? What, what do I need? What do I have to do next? What should, what's my next move? So. I could do a whole lecture hours and hours on the memorabilia industry and the way that it's currently operating. And like you were talking about with players in the likeness. And at some point I'm going to have that conversation. It's going to send some waves through the industry, but it just didn't make sense the way that things were getting done where players were just signing their names on items that were then multiplying in value and just getting like a little piece. It just doesn't make any sense. The thing only is inva- the thing is only valuable because Dalvin signs it, you know, otherwise it's just a Riddell helmet. But once Dalvin signs it, now that Riddell helmet that normally sells for 20 bucks is going for 250 to $300. Why would I accept 60 bucks? It just doesn't make sense. I'll just sell it myself online. You know, like Dalvin could just sell it himself. Why are you paying $20 cuz you wait I can go on rodell.com that just goes back to me with figuring things out in time right like spring break everyone's going on spring break somebody has to organize it I'll spend the 3 hours to make sure we have the greatest trip ever and not pay for it before I say hey here's my money I'll just show up like that's just not me so that was it it was like all right I can go on rodell all right rodell let me buy a mini size helmet 20 bucks all right great what did he sell for 300 okay so like this person who wants to do that process and then call me who has dalvin he needs dalvin so it's like i'm, I'm just going to take care of this my, on my own you know like what are you what are you doing differently that you deserve to make the 180 dollars and not dalvin you know what i'm saying so that you really are an advocate for your clients and athletes in general and i, I think it's going to manifest into some amazing things as you start to really you know, continue to expose your talents out there and the word of mouth between Dalvin and JK and, uh, and Bob and where can people go? Uh, what's the website? Where can people follow you on social media in case they want to get more out of this? Uh, it's loyalty above all.com. Um, my Instagram is at Zach Hiller, Z A C H I L L E R and at loyalty above all and at uh, loyalty above all and at Zach Hiller again on Twitter and those those where you can reach out check out the website I answer um, I answer every email reach out there and that's where, where they can find me awesome once again thank you for being here uh, for my guest Zach Hiller I'm your host Julian Ortiz thank you for watching and listening have a great night everybody